wondering how to fall completely in love with the people and things that surround you at home? I've spent the last 15 years studying how and where families thrive and what relational and house characteristics ignite us with that homey feeling. On this podcast, we uncover how our brains process the people we live with and the houses we live in so we can confidently create our homes to be wonder-filled connection magnets. Ready to give up the decision fatigue, comparison hives, overwhelm ulcers, and confusion chaos? You are in the right place. I'm your host, Carly Thornock. Welcome to Becoming Home. What's up, homies? I'm starting to go on a weekly run with my friend here at the ranch. Our early morning discussions are pretty fabulous. I must say that I think the world is solved between the hours of 5 and 7 a.m. This week, we were talking about how creating abundance requires letting go of control. And when I'm on a run, this really is pertinent because I feel out of control. (laughs) I feel like the pain is, you know, real. And I wish I could control it a little bit better, but I know that as I'm learning to run, I'm getting better at it. And I am like actually coming into control by allowing myself this, this experience of feeling out of control. So this is the essence of flow, right? It's this coming to know that our aching for control is actually achieved by letting it go. You've heard of flow, right? You've, I'm sure you've heard about it. It's this place where you're being stretched and you're doing what you love and you're in the groove and time goes by quickly and you're super creative and you're optimizing your talents and you just are in this richness of abundance. It's in flow. You could do it all day long. And sometimes you do and you wake up with a jolt from your zone and you realize that like hours have gone by. Abundance is the mindset of seeing flow opportunities all around you. This is knowing that finances will come your way as you need them. This is being open to the possibility that your house can be messy and the kids can be doing their thing and like it's all good, like you're in flow, you're not stressed about it. Have you ever been trying to get out of the house when you're in a scared mindset and you're like grabbing the keys and you're late and you're kind of snippy with the kids and get your water bottles and get out of the car and get your shoes and who forgot the thing and then you forgot the thing. So you have to run back in and you knock your hip on the doorknob and it just is hard and you create hard for yourself. Whereas when you're in abundance and you feel like you have all the time in the world, whether it's true or not, um, you can, you're kinder to your kids, you don't forget the things, you get to your car, you don't hurt yourself <laughs> banging into walls. Um, when we are able to optimize flow and abundance, things go better. Our bodies aren't as stressed physically um, because of our emotions, right? So when Chase was deep in his Crohn's growth, I read a lot about healing modalities and one man in particular stood out to me and he cured his chronic Crohn's disease. I'm pretty sure it was Crohn's disease. There's a chance it was a different um, autoimmune disease um, through flow. And he's written a bunch about how flow can cure you. It can recalibrate your body, which is really cool. And his flow, his method of flow was surfing, which I thought was beautiful. He started out with his friends having to like carry him into the water and he could only sit on his surfboard. And that's what he would do for five minutes a day. And then he could work up to it. And every day as he let himself partake in this 
abundance, this delight of being in the ocean, he got stronger and stronger. Um, our bodies can do a lot when we're not feeling super stressed, right? We, we've heard a lot about like stress and the, the negative effects on our body and our health of stress. And we all need to de-stress, but then we still go about our lives of fear and scarcity. So we're going to talk today about kind of how to reprogram that and to lean into abundance and into flow a little bit better. And in order to approach our home and family life and our house design with this flow abundant mentality, we need to reprogram what's going on between our ears so that we can see the flow that's just ready for us to step into it. I'm going to teach you the first step in how this works today. So how do we even start reprogramming our hearts for abundance so that our relationships and our houses will reflect flow back to us and so we can therefore reflect flow back into our lives. It's this beautiful circle of our brain to our body, our brain to our body and the outside of us, where when we think flowy thoughts, we behave in flowy ways, which reignites our flowy thoughts. This extends to our house where once we're in flow, we create flow in our homes and our homes reflect flow back to us. How do we see the things around us, good and bad, as the waves that we surf in order to heal and connect with our relationships and with our design, et cetera, et cetera. And it all starts with dismantling the rules of the game. Because my friends, if you try to surf with a stiff body and a rigid disposition, because you think that's the rules, like somebody told you stand up straight on the surfboard, or you just thought that that was the rules from watching, you're going to get thrashed. You're going to get thrashed. And many of you are probably feeling that way right now about your home life. You're feeling thrashed. Surfing the waves in the ocean and surfing the waves of life requires knowing when to be stiff and when to loosen up. It's a dance, you guys. It's a dance more than like rigid IKEA instructions checklist. Although that's a very bad analogy because we all know that Ikea instructions are half understood by the Holy Spirit because <laughs> they're all confusing. However, it's just, it's, it's um, give and take. It's knowing when to push and when to pull. Um, this is flow. And it's not something that can be explained really verbally. Just like in dance, I can't tell you how to follow a lead. I can't tell you how to lead strong. I can tell you in the best way that I know how to express it, but until you feel it in your body, it's not going to make any sense. As I was training in ballroom, there were so many teachers over a period of five years that, that would tell me how to do the most basic um, step in the waltz called the natural turn. And I remember working on the natural turn at every level with every professional that would come in and teach us with every private instruction, with every practice session. And until one day, Somebody said it and I could relate to it in my body. I had just done it enough times that I was like, oh, that's what you mean. That's what you mean by a pendulum swinging. That's what you mean by um, powering backwards. That's what you mean by reaching with your ribs. That's what you mean by tucking in your belly and rounding your shoulder. Like all of the things that they said made sense. They had said it a million times, but until I like understood what was going on, I couldn't. I couldn't know it. 
So let's start with what we're doing right now in our home and family life that is not working for us, that feels rigid, so that we can take a look and get to know like this tacit movement-oriented way we're living our lives. And let's just start talking about it so that you're familiar with the concept. And as you go about your life, these examples are going to start popping up into your mind and into your heart. You're going to start recognizing when, um, when, you, when you're doing not flow <laughs> and you'll be able to know that there's another option right we first have to have awareness before we can change so let's start with awareness and we're going to attune we're going to tune in our awareness to what isn't working right now to the pain spots because you're doing a lot of things awesome you're doing a lot of things really really well it's working for you and there are some things that aren't working so great so let's talk about those so the set of rules we've developed over time are known as our manuals, and we have a lot of them, a lot of rule books. I like to refer to them as like the books on the shelf that we have that we can turn to at any time to tell each other and ourselves the rules about a particular situation. So we have a manual for what the husband should do for my birthday, right? That's right, we do. And we have a manual for how the dishes should be loaded in the dishwasher. We have a manual for what treats the church ladies should give the children. We have a manual for how children should behave at the store. We have a manual for how good moms look and talk and comb their hair. We have a manual for our mother-in-laws, and that can be a very, very thick manual, can't it, my friends? <laughs> so listen, manuals are not necessarily bad, okay? Manuals are a representation of our conditioning, just our default mode of operation and our brain's way of saying, the world makes sense according to these parameters and I can control things because here's how they work and I can operate as a human. Um, manuals start being formed from birth. Like we just start learning how the world works and we make rules for them so that we can fit in and survive. Like it's very basic primal way to look at the world and it's great, it's kept us alive. So congratulations to us all, we've lived. Our manuals have served us. Today, I'm inviting you to take a close look at these rules. Often when you feel frustration, disappointment, or overwhelm, there's a manual and an inner Bible thumping revivalist holding up the manual high above his head and shouting, that's not the way things should go. See, if you look on page 42, paragraph eight, here's the rules. Here it is. See, but here's the thing. You just made up the rules. The rules do not exist anywhere else except for in your brain. And everybody has different rules. This is how we know. This is how we know that everybody to be happy should be skinny. Like if this was a manual, this is a manual for a lot of people. In order to be happy, you should be skinny and have waist length, wavy hair. Okay. Like people might think this and the way that we know that that's not true is because there's lots of people who are skinny. First of all, whatever that means who have wavy, whatever that means hair and they aren't happy. And so clearly the manual isn't reflective of truth and clearly everybody doesn't think that that's even pretty. So it's just something that you have decided are the rules. We all do this. We've all created these manuals with our own brains and everyone's manuals are different. This is why you and your husband fight about how to make the bed, because in his manual, in his book about how to make the bed, it says, pull up the sheets and then that equals good bed making. And yours is a detailed 83 step process, including hospital 
corner tuck folded things, sheets and chopping pillows arranged in a trifecta formation. And then that's how you know it's good enough, right? But that's not it. What rules are you holding dear to your heart that are actually not working for you? What are the rules that if you could let go, you could just love so much better? What are you frustrated about? What are you justifying? You know, those inner conversations that go like this, I'll be happy when the laundry is folded and out of the way. Uh, that's why I'm upset. I'm upset. That's why I'm upset. It makes sense because I'm the mother and good mothers aren't satisfied or happy or pleasant unless things are tidy and laundry equals things and things should be tidy in order for moms to be happy. Okay. So I hear you. I hear you like talking to me on your run. <laughs> Hopefully I'm running with you. If anybody, if I'm anybody's running partner, just know that I feel completely honored. Uh, I hear you, my homie. I hear you like, Carly, but it's, is it so wrong to have expectations and to have dreams and just want to have an organized house? Is that so wrong that I have rules about how my house should be? And no, it's not. And I'm smiling in a conniving way because there's something that you need to know about this. And you can go watch the video of me smiling at you <laughs> with a twinkle in my eye. You can go look that up on uh, carlythornock.com. You can see the podcast videos there or YouTube if you want to see it. If not, you can just imagine it. But listen, what's happening here is that we use our manuals as gatekeepers for our life satisfaction. So expectations and like preferences are not wrong at all. But we know that we've crossed over from just having a preference to having a manual because we have hung our emotional health on it. We're saying, I cannot be happy unless these rules are followed. So this is like saying, I won't be happy. I won't enjoy dinner unless I'm served French fries with garlic sauce. And then I'll let myself be happy. When really, does French fries and garlic sauce make happiness? Like, no, you're just making this rule and you've hung your emotional satisfaction, your life joy on it versus saying, I'd prefer to have French fries and garlic sauce. That sounds so bad, right? I prefer <laughs> Maybe somebody loves it. It's fine. Um, French fries and garlic sauce for dinner. I'd prefer that. And if I'm served a fruit parfait, I could still be happy. Do you see the difference? One is to have a preference and to even go after that preference with all the gusto and emotion of your heart, but with without that added control factor of, then I can't be happy, then I'm not a good mom, then I'm not responsible. If all of these check boxes are complete, then I'll let myself be happy. This is the manual approach. Or I'll let myself feel like I'm a good enough person or decide that I'm fit or competent or present. I'll let myself relax in my marriage. I'll allow myself to be vulnerable in my friendships if all of these things are met. And you are allowed, again, you're allowed to have manuals. You're allowed to do this if you want to. But what I want to offer you today is that your emotions and what he said or she did or the way the drain is working or the way the flowers died, they are completely separate. Emotions are separate from the, th the stuff, okay? You can be happy and still have dishes to do. You can be sad after your floor was mopped by an actual professional. You can be horrified at mouse droppings. You can be delighted by squeaky hinges. You get to choose. You get to choose what good means. Good human, good mom, good housekeeping, good child, good business. Like you, you get to choose and you're already choosing. So we just wanna be aware of what you're choosing. 
Because if you're beating yourself up with the imaginary manual, I just want to let you know that you can change that, that you're allowed to just say, it's a good mom to wake up and to feel love for her kids. That's what makes a good mom. And then you just check it off like success. I'm a great mom doing all the things I need to do to give myself permission to feel like a great mom. I would prefer that I give my kids food. I would prefer that I have the emotional capacity to play Legos with them once a week. I don't know. Like you can choose however you'd want to show up and you can show up that way, but you can also be a good mom if you don't. Isn't that so freeing? You know what? I, I hesitate to say that so freeing. It is freeing for me. And it is freeing once we grasp that how we perform is not attached to our worth. But as we're letting go of these manuals, it's going to feel not fun. <laughs> it's going to feel like a big mess. You want to know why? Because we have qualified our worthiness based on our performance for so long. It's going to be very disorienting to let go of those reins. Well, then how will we know if we're a good person? How if we just throw out the rule book, how will we know? How will you know? If it's not about how many push-ups you can do, if it's not about how many shows you let your kids watch, if it's not about how nutritious dinner is, if it's not about what clothes are on your body, what is it actually about? And why are we making the rules so complicated for ourselves? Why are the manuals so thick and in Latin? Come on, guys, we can do better than this, right? <laughs> well, you can if you want to, and it feels good, but it feels different. You get to define what it means to be a good mom, yes, but you also get to define what it means to be responsible. You get to define faithfulness. You get to define smart, beautiful, funny, powerful, enjoyable, entertaining. These are all the things in the index of our manuals. What if good husbands were men who showed up, period? who opened their eyes and made a marital commitment that makes them a good husband, willing to enter under contract in marriage, like to qualify as a husband, that's what you have to do. And what if that was it? What if we could love each other? What if we could love ourselves for just doing it in whatever way we can with preferences? I'd prefer my husband do things. I know he'd prefer that I do things. I know that my kids would prefer I do things. But what if I can be a good mom and not do what they prefer sometimes? And what if your husband can be a good husband and not do what you prefer sometimes? We really want to get, get deep in our manuals so we can see how we're holding our imaginary rules as dams for the flow of abundance. Listen closely to what you're telling yourself this week. Listen closely to what has to be done so you can focus or so you can be present with your husband or so you can read to your kids or so you can interact with your guests. Listen closely to your rules of how people should behave or what your kids should scream loudly at church during the quiet moments, hypothetically speaking. <laughs> Just listen closely. Notice when you feel frustrated or perturbed or impatient or violated or whatever. And notice what rule is behind that, what the manual is and how you're saying, I'm upset because they didn't follow the rules. And just question. You don't have to fix it. You don't have to rewrite the rules. You don't have to know the right answer at this point. Just ask yourself one question. Is this rule resulting in delight? 
Is this rule delightful for me? It's going to feel messy, you guys. It's going to feel so messy. And I'm so excited for you. This work is the work that saved my marriage and allowed me to show up as a loving person, the person that I wanted to be. And the way that I knew it was loving is because I felt love. <laughs> I felt love. I felt how I wanted to be. And I stopped trying to control everyone around me, specifically my sweet husband. Bless his soul. Check into your manuals. See how you're treating yourself. Does it feel good to be friends with yourself? Or are you a mean friend with all the rules? It's like the little girls on the playground that are like, you can't come to my birthday party because you don't have lacy socks, right? Like, what are you doing to yourself? Are you being the mean girl? Let's be the nice girls to each other. Let's make the rules of like, you're a human and I love you. It's kind of fun. All right, lean in, you guys. Lean into that mess. <laughs> I'm here for you. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you love what you're hearing, share this episode with a friend who you want to chat with about it. Also, leave a review for the show so we can reach more soulful mamas looking to love the magical humanity that surrounds them at home. If you really are digging this scene, come check out The Knowing, the inner circle for confident home creating. Find all the info about it as well as a full transcript of this episode over at carlythornock.com.